Section 9 of The Storm by Daniel Defoe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. From Littleton in Worcestershire and Middleton in Oxfordshire, the following letters may be a specimen of what those whole counties felt, and of which we have several other particular accounts. Sir, public notice being given of a design collection of the most prodigious as well as lamentable effects of the last dreadful tempest of wind. There are many persons hereabouts, and I suppose in many other places, wish all speedy furtherance and good success to that so useful and pious undertaking. For it may very well be thought to have a good influence both upon the present age and succeeding generation, to beget in them a holy admiration and fear of that tremendous power and majesty, which, as one prophet tells us, causeth the vapours to ascend from the ends of the earth, and bringeth the wind out of its treasures, and, as the priest saith, hath so done his marvellous works that they ought to be had in remembrance as to these villages of littleton and worcestershire i can only give this information that this violent hurricane visited us also in its passage to the great terror of the inhabitants who although by the gracious providence of god all escaped with their lives and limbs and the main fabric of their houses stood, though with much shaking and some damage in the roofs of many of them. Yet when the morning light appeared after that dismal night, they were surprised with fresh apprehensions of the dangers escaped, when they discovered the sad havoc that had been made among the trees of their orchards and closes, very many fruit-trees, and many mighty elms being torn up, and one elm above the rest, of very great bulk and ancient growth, I observed, which might have defied the strength of all men, and teams in the parish, though assaulted in every branch with ropes and chains, was found torn up by the roots, all sound, and of vast strength and thickness, and with its fall, as was thought, by the help of the same impetuous gusts, broke off in the middle of the timber another great elm, its fellow and next neighbour, and that which may exercise the thoughts of the curious, some little houses and outhouses that seemed to stand in the same current, and without any visible burrow or shelter, escaped in their roofs, without any or very little damage. What accidents of note happened in our neighbouring parishes, I suppose you may receive from other hands. This, I thank God, is all that I have to transmit unto you from this place, but that I am a well-wisher to your work in hand, and your humble servant. Littleton, December 20th, Ralph Norris. Middleton Stoney in Oxfordshire, November 26th. 
1703. The wind being west by southwest, it began to blow very hard at twelve of the clock at night, and about four or five in the morning, November 27th, the hurricane was very terrible. Many large trees were torn up by the roots in this place. The leads of the church were rolled up. The stone battlements of the tower were blown down upon the leads. Several houses and barns were uncovered. Part of a new-built wall of brick belonging to a stable was blown down, and very much damage of the like nature was done by the winds in the towns and villages adjacent. William Offley, Rector of Middleton Stoney From Lymington Hastings, near Dunchurch in Warwickshire, we have the following account. Sir, I find in the advertisements a desire to have an account of what happened remarkable in the late terrible storm in the country. The stories everywhere are very many, and several of them such as will scarce gain credit. One of them I send here an account of being an eyewitness, and living upon the place. The storm here began on the 26th of November, 1703, about twelve o'clock, but the severest blasts were between five and six in the morning, and between eight and nine, the twenty-seventh, I went up to the church, where I found all the middle aisle clearly stripped of the lead from one end to the other, and a great many of the sheets lying on the east end upon the church, rolled up like a piece of cloth. I found on the ground six sheets of lead, at least fifty hundred weight, all joined together, not the least parted, but as they lay upon the aisle, which six sheets of lead were so carried in the air by the wind fifty yards and a foot, measured by a workman exactly as could be, from the place of the aisle where they lay to the place they fell and they might have been carried a great way farther had they not happened in their way upon a tree, struck off an arm of it near seventeen yards high. The end of one sheet was twisted round the body of the tree, and the rest all joined together lay at length, having broke down the pails first where the tree stood, and lay upon the pails on the ground, with one end of them, as I said before, round the body of the tree. At the same time at Marson, in the county of Warwick, about four miles from this place, a great rick of wheat was blown off from its stadles, and set down without one sheaf removed, or disturbed, or without standing away twenty yards from the place. If you have a mind to be farther satisfied in this matter, let me hear from you, and I will endeavour it, but I am in great haste at this time, which forces me to be confused. I am your friend, E. Kingsburg. The following account we have from Ferrum and Christchurch in Hampshire, which are also well attested. Sir, I received yours, and in answer, these are to acquaint you that we about us 
came no ways behind the rest of our neighbours in that mighty storm or hurricane as for our own parish very few houses or outhouses escaped there was in the parish of Ferrum six barns blown down with divers other outhouses and many trees blown up by the roots and other broken off in the middle by the fall of a large elm a very large stone window at the west end of our church was broken down there was but two stacks of chimneys thrown down in all our parish that i know of and these without hurting any person there was in a coppice called pupil coppice an oak tree of about a load of timber that was twisted off with the wind and the body that was left standing down to its very roots so shivered that it were cut into lengths it would fall all in pieces notwithstanding so many trees and so much outhousing was blown down i do not hear of one beast that was killed or hurt there was on the down called portston in the parish of southwick within three miles of us a windmill was blown down that had not been up very many years with great damage in the said parish to mr norton by the falling of many chimneys and trees the damage sustained by us in the healing is such that we are obliged to make use of slit deals to supply the want of slats and tiles until summer come to make some and so much thatching wanting that it cannot be all repaired till after another harvest as for the sea affairs about us we had but one vessel abroad at that time which was one john watson the master of which was never heard of yet and i am afraid never will i have just reason to lament her loss having a great deal of goods aboard her if at any time any particular relation that is true come to my knowledge in any convenient time i will not fail to give you an account and at all times remain your servant henry stanton ferrum january the twenty third seventeen o three seventeen o four sir in answer to yours relating to the damages done by the late storm in and about our town is that we had great part of the roof of our church uncovered which was covered with very large perfect stone and the battlements of the tower and part of the leads blown down some stones of a vast weight blown from the tower several of them between two or three hundred weight were blown some rods or perches distance from the church and twelve sheets of lead rolled up together that twenty men could not have done the like to the great amazement of those that saw him and several houses and barns blown down with many hundreds of trees of all sorts several stacks of chimneys being blown down and particularly of one thomas spencer's of this town who had his top of a brick chimney taken off by the house 
and blown across a cart road, and lighting upon a barn of Richard Holloway's, broke down the end of the said barn, and fell upright upon one end, on a mow of corn in the barn. But the said Spencer and his wife, although they were then sitting by the fire, knew nothing thereof until the morning. And a stack of chimneys of one Mr. Embers fell down upon a young gentlewoman's bed, she having but just before got out of the same. And several outhouses and stables were blown down, some cattle killed, and some wheat ricks entirely blown off their staffels, and lighted on their bottom without any other damage. This is all the relation I can give you that is remarkable about us. I remain your friend and servant, William Mitchell. At Ringwood and Fording Bridge, several houses and trees are blown down, and many more houses uncovered. From Oxford, the following account was sent, enclosed in the other, and are confirmed by letters from other hands. Sir, the enclosed is a very exact and, I am sure, faithful account of the damages done by the late violent tempest in Oxford. The particulars of my Lord Bishop of Bath and Wells and his ladies' misfortune are as follows. The palace is the relics of a very old decayed castle. Only one corner is new built, and had the bishop had the good fortune to have lain in those apartments that night, he had saved his life. He perceived the fall before it came, and accordingly jumped out of bed and made towards the door, where he was found with his brains dashed out. His lady, perceiving it, wrapped all the bedclothes around her, and in that manner was found smothered in bed. This account is authentic. I am, sir, yours, J. Bagshot. December ninth, 1703. Sir, I give you many thanks for your account from London. We were no less terrified in Oxen with the violence of the storm, though we suffered in comparison but little damage. The most considerable was a child killed in St. Giles by the fall of a house two pinnacles taken off from the top of Magdalen Tower, one from Merton. About twelve trees blown down in Christchurch Long Walk, some of the battlements from the body of the cathedral, and two or three ranges of rails on the top of the great quadrangle. Part of the great elm in University Garden was blown off, and a branch of the oak in Magdalen Walks. The rest of the colleges escaped tolerably well, and the schools and theatre entirely. A very remarkable passage happened at Queen's College. Several sheets of lead judged near six thousand pounds weight were taken off from the top of Sir J. Williamson's buildings and blown against the west end of St. Peter's Church with such violence 
that they broke an iron bar in the window, making such a prodigious noise with the fall, that some who heard it thought the tower had been falling. The rest of our losses consisted for the most part in pinnacles, chimneys, trees, slates, tiles, windows, etc., amounting, in all, according to computation, to not above a thousand pounds. Oxford, December 7th, 1703. From Kingstone upon Thames, the following letter is very particular, and the truth of it may be depended upon. Sir, I have informed myself of the following matters. Here was blown down a stack of chimneys of Mrs. Cooper, widow, which fell on the bed on which she lay. But she being just got up and gone down, she received no harm on her body. Likewise, here was a stack of chimneys of one Mr. Robert Banford's blown down, which fell on a bed on which his son and daughter lay. He was about fourteen years and the daughter sixteen. But they likewise were just got downstairs and received no harm. A stack of chimneys at the Bull Inn was blown down and broke way down to the kitchen, but hurt nobody. Here was a new brick malt house of one Mr. Francis Best, blown down, had not been built above two years, blown off at the second floor, besides many barns and outhouses, and very few houses in the town but lost tiling, some more, some less, and multitudes of trees in particular. Eleven elms of one Mr. John Bowles, shoemaker, about thirty apple-trees of one Mr. Pierce's, and of one John Andrew, a gardener, a hundred apple-trees blown to the ground. One Walter Kent, Esquire, had about twenty rod of new brick wall of his garden blown down. One Mr. Tiringham, gentleman, likewise about ten rod of new brick wall blown down. Mr. George Cole, merchant, had also some rods of new brick wall blown down. Also, Mr. Blytha, merchant, had all his walling blown down, and other extraordinary losses. These are the most considerable damages done here. Your humble servant, C. Castleman from Tewkesbury in Gloucestershire, and from Hatfield in Hertfordshire. The following letters are sent to us from the ministers of the respective places. Sir, our church, though a very large one, suffered no great discernible damage. The lead roof, by the force of the wind, was strangely ruffled, but was laid down without any great cost or trouble two well-grown elms that stood before a sort of almshouse in the churchyard had a different treatment. The one was broken short in the trunk, and the head turned southward. The other tore up by the roots and cast northward. Diverse chimneys were blown down, 
to the great damage and consternation of the inhabitants, and one rising in the middle of two chambers fell so violently that it broke through the roof and ceiling of the chamber, and fell by the bed of Mr. W. M., and bruised some part of the bedteaster and furniture, but himself, wife, and child were signally preserved. An outhouse of Mr. F. M., containing a stable, mill-house, and a sort of barn, judged about forty foot in length, standing at the end of our town, and much exposed to the wind, entirely fell, which was the most considerable damage. Not one of our town was killed, or notably hurt, though scarce any but were terribly alarmed by the dreadful violence of it, which remitted about five in the morning. The beautiful cathedral church of Gloucester suffered much, but of that I suppose you will have an account from some proper hand. This I was willing to signify to you in answer to your letter, not that I think them worthy of a public memorial, but the preservation of W. M., his wife and child, was remarkable. Your unknown friend and servant, John Matthews. Tewkesbury, January 12th. 1703 and 4. Bishops Hatfield, December ninth, 1703. Sir, I perceive by an advertisement in the Gazette of last Monday that a relation of some considerable things which happened in the late tempest is intended to be printed, which design, I believe, will be well approved of, that the memory of it may be perpetuated. I will give you an account of some of the observable damages done in this parish. The church which was tiled is so shattered that the body of it is entirely to be ripped. Two barns and a stable have been blown down. In the latter were thirteen horses, and none of them hurt, though there was but one to be seen when the men first came. I have numbered about twenty large trees blown down, which stood in the regular walks in the park here. It is said that all the trees blown down in both the parks will make above an hundred stacks of wood. A summer house, which stood on the east side of the bowling green at Hatfield House, was blown against the wall, and broken, and a large part of it carried over the wall beyond a cartway into the ploughed grounds. A great part of the south wall, belonging to one of the gardens, was levelled with the ground, though it was so strong that the great part of it continues cemented, though it fell upon a gravel walk. Several things which happened inclined me to think that there was something of a hurricane. Part of the fine painted glass window and my Lord Salisbury's chapel, was broken, though it looked towards the east. The north side of an house was untiled several yards square. In some places the lead has been raised up, and over one portal quite blown off. In Brocket Hall Park, belonging to Sir John Reed, so many trees are blown down that 
lying as they do, they can scarce be numbered, but by a moderate computation they are said to amount to above a thousand. The damages which this parish hath sustained undoubtedly amount to many hundred pounds, some of the most considerable I have mentioned to you, of which I have been in great measure and eye-witness, and have had the rest from credible persons, especially the matter of Brocket Hall Park, it being two miles out of town, though in this parish. I am, sir, your humble servant, George Hemsworth, M.A., curate of Bishop's Hatfield in Hertfordshire. The shorter accounts which have been sent up from almost all parts of England, especially to the south of the Trent, though we do not transmit them as large as the above said letters are, shall be faithfully abridged for the readier comprising them within the due compass of our volume. From Kent we have many strange accounts of the violence of the storm, besides what relate to the sea affairs. At Whitstable, a small village on the mouth of the east swale of the River Medway, we are informed a boat belonging to Ahoy was taken up by the violence of the wind, clear off from the water, and being borne up in the air, blew turning continually over and over in its progressive motion, till it lodged against a rising ground about fifty rod from the water. In the passage it struck a man who was in the way, and broke his knee to pieces. We content ourselves with relating only the fact, and giving assurances of the truth of what we relate, we leave the needful remarks on such things to another place. At a town near Chartham, the lead of the church rolled up together, and blown off from the church above twenty rod distance, and being taken up afterwards, and weighed it, appeared to weigh above twenty-six hundred weight. End of Section 9